podcast that we do uh, where uh, three uh, friends, can we go that far, friends? Say friends. Yeah, uh, Nermal. Sometimes, sometimes. Okay, Nermal, uh, Fran and myself, Nick, judge each other's music tastes um, as we kind of argue <laughs> about uh, six new albums or six new, new uh, playlists of music each month. This is going to be our first themed playlist, so we actually decided to do a theme around festivals this time around, uh, and the Green Man Festival is coming up in August, uh, 17th to the 20th, in Wales, so um, most of the choices from today, five out of the six albums from today, are going to be playing at Green Man, all of them check them out. Oh, all of them are going to be playing at Green Man. Oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. So all of them are going to be playing, uh, and those six uh, artists and albums are... Uh, Anna Meredith with her album Varmint, Timber Tomba with their album Sincerely Future Pollution, Bad Bad Not Good with their album Four, Julia Jacqueline with Don't Let the Kids Win, Lift to Experience with the Texas Jerusalem Crossroads, and we picked that one as our kind of classic uh, where we go back to something that's um, been around for some time but we wanted to we not checked out before. And then uh, I will be introducing a playlist of PJ Harvey, who's headlining, I think, one of the days. Headlining the Sunday. Um, and uh, doing a sort of why I love PJ Harvey stuff. Uh, and that's all six. And then we'll talk about it next time. Okay, so let's get started. Um, my, I want to ask, first of all, Fran, um, which of these albums was the most unusual or most unfamiliar in style for you? Well, I'm going to go with Anna Meredith's Farmance, even though I think there's a couple of albums that I would say were more unusual than I was expecting. But... Um... Meredith was just not what I was expecting at all after reading her description on the uh, Green Man website. It described her as mixing folk aesthetics with thumping dance beats, and I think I was just picturing a more a more sort of folky sound of album with maybe a little element of dance. But um, yeah, the reason I think she was so unusual to me is because I've never really heard an album like this before. Um, and I think at first it sounded so different to what I'm used to that I struggled to get into it. But of all the albums, as I went on, this was the one that grew on me the most. Um, I think it's really interesting that she's a, actually a classical composer originally who's done commissions for Last Night at the Proms. And you can see as you listen to it kind of how the classical music actually goes into some of the songs, but in a more electro style. Don't know, did you get that? Uh, I don't know if I got that. I mean, I got the sense that it was very extremely experimental uh, and, I, and I could see that she had technical skill. Um, but that's about as far as I can charitably say. Right. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> to be completely honest, um, this was uh, this album was just a nightmare. I found a total really? nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I, I found it just unbelievably. Nermal's already. How many times awesome. did you? How, how many times did you listen to it, Nick? I listened to it. Um, I would guess I listened to it about seven or eight times. In all honesty, I really tried, awesome. and it that's was fair. so. Grating, particularly there's a couple of songs in particular the opening song nautilus um was just almost unbearably irritating to me just so grating i could i just could not take it it drove me insane i just made me feel like a very old man which i know fran already thinks i am so well, that's no surprise but you're an old man but um, I'm, I'm generally quite surprised that this is your reaction to this album i've got to be honest um i thought this i i found this play this List the Green Man playlist in general the hardest to predict what you guys would think of all the oh, yeah. picky bastards we've done so far. Yeah. But if yeah. I was going to guess anything, I would have guessed that you like this album, right? So well, I'm in a little bit of shock. Yeah, um, I'm glad. I like I like to surprise you. So yeah, this um, no, I, I was not a fan at all. Right. And no I think more? I was just. Well, I'll go further though. 
right? I'll say that the R type as well was another <laughs> example of one where Go on. the mixing they it just she just managed to find these frequencies for for the mixing that were just they were just nails on a blackboard just just cutting through and then just drive home these same loops for so long oh it was just unbelievably irritating I'm sorry I I, I can't say enough. Wow. Aggro things about this album. <laughs> no, much you want like moderate between the two of us. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick had a tough week, uh, tough month as well. He's so, had a tough life. He's had a tough life. <laughs> a tough, uh, I, I, the, my first listen to this was um, <clears throat> short lived, meaning uh, I only got through a couple songs, uh, but I listened to it more, and so I think I would echo what Fran is saying in that. Among the other albums, I was able to kind of listen to more and, and, and find some enjoyment out of them. The first one though, I, I will say like Nautilus was, was kind of interesting and it was wrapped <laughs> up a little bit in how I was listening to it because I was um, on a train from uh, um, Barcelona to Granada. Oh. And, Just tell us about your nice right, holiday, right. Don't you? Yeah, we get it. We get it. <laughs> and and uh, it was like, you know, we were preparing to do something the whole way. And I was just looking at the scenery going by and listening to this. And so that that song uh, was repetitive and uh, <laughs> building enough that it seemed to go with the mood I was in. So, so it's machine like <laughs> like a train. That's is that the yeah. highest praise you can find for it? Mate, is trains it? are pretty amazing. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> trains are amazing. <laughs> wow, Franz inner nerds coming out now. He's trying to pretend he's so cool before he went on the mic about how he's okay. uh, not into Star Wars or Star Trek, but he, he apparently trains. Trains, they're super cool. <laughs> Nick, I would like you to compare this to um, Portishead, and oh. and in the sense that you got you got similar uh, experimental tones, but something about this is so unbearable in a way that Portishead stuff is not, right? So yeah. what, what's the difference? Yeah, that's certainly true. Um, well, uh, for one thing, um, Portishead showed a lot more restraint, I think, in, in frequencies, and they actually try and control the space a lot better than, than this album. This album uh, tries to find, like, tries to get... A, as I said, a nail and sort of drive it into my skull. That's, that's, that it's a frequency, it's a pin like <laughs> frequency that just hurts me. Uh, whereas Poise said, have a wide canvas and they, they put a small amount of stuff on that, small amount of kind of furniture on the set, as it were, and they, and they just make this very delicate thing. Uh, even though sometimes it, it can be loud, that's not, that's nothing like this, I think. I'm, you... I'm, I'm horrified that you've just said those two. You, no, you, you, you distress me very deeply with that comment. I want uh, another thing I'd like you to compare it to. Nick, is you, you found ways to defend the Aphex Twin that was that, and that was. If you're talking about nails, oh, if you're talking God. about nails to a brain, yeah. I mean that was an album of nails to a brain. So, absolutely. I mean, yeah. for me, the Adam Meredith album has got so much more beauty in it than anything on Aphex Twin. There's some really wow. beautiful stuff in here, even if it does. The funny thing was, yeah, this this attempted to be beautiful and, and failed miserably. But no. I don't think Aphex Twin is attempting to be beautiful. I would say Aphex Twin is attempting to be clinical and cold and and does so fairly successfully most of the time and uh, admittedly i'm not saying i mean obviously the apex twin album is hard hard work that one we listened to was you know was, it, i care because you do is causing cool, it? it was is, is a really hard work but but that's not to say that it's its goals are different this album just came to me across to me as like a a kind of a mess of attempts to be experimental that fell flat 
Well, I'm, I'm going to defend it a little bit more still. <laughs> yeah, because, go for it, go for it. I mean, I want to go back to what I said about the classical sense to it. I mean, I think that's, you're probably not going to know what song I mean, Nick, since you managed to listen to it twice. <laughs> but Don't say R-Type, please. Song R-Type. R-type. Oh, he's going to say R-Type. That's the one I was going to say. was, the, <laughs> was my most annoying um, song. Was actually the one that, that grew on me the most. When I first heard it, I felt the same as you. I felt it was quite annoying and quite... Mm. But then, the more I listened to it, actually, the layers to it, and it is like a classical song, but done electronically and I just found that really interesting it, it isn't the swells or the movement I think of the songs I'm complaining about it's the tones that's what it's the, it's the tombo of the instruments are just so irritating it's not I, I agree with you actually I think it is well yeah. put together there are lots of elements that sort of run into one another and stuff but it's, it's the actual tones that, that really grated and the reason and the R-type one I mean that's so funny you should pick that as well <laughs> first you pick the album and then you pick that song that was one I wrote down it's like oh my god this is one of the nightmares of the whole album and um What's funny about it as well is, well, the only thing I, I remember thinking about it was, oh, the R-Type. Now, you won't know this because you're too young, but R-Type was a computer game that I used to play when I was about 12 that I was really into. And I thought, oh, R-Type, there's a trip down memory lane. I'll put that on. And I was disappointed to hear that it came out with this track. I'm on sorry the it wasn't as good as your computer game. Yeah, exactly. Well. The music on my computer game, which maybe this is based on, I can't honestly remember. I'm assuming that the music on this computer game from, from the 8-bit era was probably better than, than that song. Well, <laughs> I'm feeling ashamed if you write that, Nicholas. <laughs> so, um, should we keep going? Um, That's right. Well, I'm gonna name oh, yeah, I don't know if anyone wants to name any songs that you particularly... Yeah. I mean, I'm going to name Something Helpful and Dowager as, as two of the songs that I was really into and generally found it quite a beautiful album. And, uh, I, yeah, Nermal, <laughs> any? Any in particular? Well, Dowager stuck out to me as one that was kind of annoying, actually. Really? Um, but <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> because I was I was thinking that there's a, there's a uh, I, I like the the instrumental uh, ones were actually more interesting to me and you know, the thing to and getting into, and then uh, the repetitive line of. Here comes the Dowager. I think it was. I was just like, this is really annoying. Um, <laughs> I just, I just got, I just found it really off-putting after a while. But, but the ones that were purely instrumental were actually, I don't know, reasonable to me. This, this just speaks perfectly to why this is a worthwhile exercise because we come into this just blind every time, really, and just you know, just. <laughs> Just totally tear each other pieces. I think that's just hilarious. Every every month. Yeah, you, yeah that's yeah. absolutely how you should take it. Yeah, no, don't, you feel confident, honestly. It's it's, it's a great album. I'm sure I'm mistaken. Let's uh, let's, let's move on, shall we? Yeah. So um, I, I'm willing to listen to it one more time uh, to uh, you know with what uh, a friend's saying. So. Okay. I'm I'm uh, I'm willing to hear what Fran's saying and then not listen to it again. That's the way I put it. Uh, so. Yeah, so um, Nermal, um, maybe this, I hope this is not the same answer, but what, which of these albums was the hardest work to get into? Which it might not be necessarily a, a, a bad album, but just was, was the most effort yeah. required. Um, yeah, no, it's a different album. I think for me, it's uh, The Lift to Experience, Texas Jerusalem Crossroads. Um, <clears throat> and I think it is purely on the basis of the theme of the whole album. Um, which I found um, a challenge to to buy into, as you know, for myself. I I I, uh, I kind of liked the 
the talkiness of it. I liked the the genre, you know, kind of like rock, but you know, some country and some folk, uh, which I liked. But <clears throat> I, I had a hard time with the narrative being told about, um, you know, the some religious change, very specific to, yeah, you know, Christianity. Uh, it was incredibly it just, detailed, wasn't it? I mean, I certainly say. I mean, I would yeah, also, I would, I would agree with you, yeah. echo what you're saying about. I found it. Um, I had to push myself quite hard to get past all, all that stuff to, to listen to the actual music in it, you know. Um, and I, I did find that quite hard work. But yeah, it was it was so detailed. It was unbelievable. I was going into these various passages. I I, I think I yeah. remember right reading that they were at least one of them was related to a pastor in Texas. Josh T. Pearson, yeah. the singer, yeah. was in a cult actually, and I think a lot of um, ah. a lot of this is based on the cult's beliefs. Okay. Um, do so, your research, Nermal and Nick. Come on. It's um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's interesting what you've both said because the first thing I wrote down is: is it possible to enjoy an album when the lyrics are something you just can't get on board with at all? Mm. And mm. that was my big question with this album because yeah. it's musically, um, it's interesting. It's it's uh, they're all obviously very talented, and it, but just I just couldn't get past the lyrics a lot of the time. Um, I wrote down an example actually from the ground so soft where it's. The stanza was, death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? For my saviour will come and rescue me and redeem, redeem his treasure at the bottom of the sea. And when that light breaks through the clouds, we're all going to sing and we're all going to shout. When the deaf shall rise from their resting place and sing the chorus to amazing grace. And it wow. sounds like uh, church services when I was a kid at yeah. the Church of England school and um, yeah, just struggled. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. It's hard work, and I, but I think actually... Um, it's a very beautifully, musically very beautiful album, I feel like. It was it was very um, kind of orchestral and dynamics and stuff. It was, you know, it ha- I mean, it had some orchestral stuff, but mostly it was just a guitar band produced produced very, very well in a very, um, this is a sort of a, to sort of put down slightly, a very dated way, in, in a way, a very 90s way, I felt like. Yeah, it was, it, was a... it, it didn't, it, it hadn't aged brilliantly and it, it sounded very much like an album of its period. Mm. But a, a one that was done extremely well, there was particularly, uh, which was the track I, um, uh, yeah, Falling from Cloud Nine mm. um, and With Crippled Wings were both, um, you know, really mm-hmm. just stunningly recorded. And as somebody who's into that side of things particularly, um, I thought it was it was a really polished production um but maybe uh you know yeah a, li- a little dated and and as, as we all said like kind of tough um tough material to work through you know but now i know that they've come out of that that context that mm. just shows how uh, how blindly i go into these exercises of just listening to the albums out of context and um i mean there's a really uh, yeah. interesting story behind it but it doesn't for me change that i kind of couldn't get into it for that reason um right. despite it being an interesting story um and actually, they've got a massive cult following. And I know when um, when Greenman announced yeah. them, I was following it Greenman on Twitter because I'm going to the festival. And the reaction to Lift to Experience being um, announced was massive. I mean, there's a lot of very excited people about seeing them because I don't think they've been around for years, really. But um, right. So there's well, something about it. And I don't think everybody can... I think some people must enjoy them despite the lyrics in some yeah. ways because I can't imagine that everyone who's yeah, yeah. that excited about going to Greenman and seeing these is... Well, I actually, the religion as they are. Yeah, yeah. I actually have this album on vinyl. It was a gift from my bandmate Rod, and um, oh, I, wow. I, I don't think uh, he's a heavily religious person at all. Mm. But I think you know he he has seen them. I think a long time ago, and was um, you know was 
pretty excited about the production from a production standpoint. Mm. As I'm saying that, that that was something you know that could that I could stick with uh, all the way to the end, as it were, several times. So yeah, it was it was definitely worth it. Um, but yeah, not not an easy go. I would have I would have made the same answer was, you did, Nemo. Yeah, same. I was gonna uh, get us to compare this in terms of the the treatment of the themes with some of the tracks in the PJ Harvey. Uh, playlist when we get to it. Ah, okay. Um, We're going to go with that last, and, aren't we? My, my bit on PJ Harvey, I guess, yeah? Yeah. 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 We should definitely yeah. bring that in again. That's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just just because of the religious pieces and the faith and and um, and doubt and uh, kind of come back so much in her her work that I think in, uh, in the lifted experience, I was wondering if there was any hints of irony if if it wasn't yeah, dealt yeah. with in a kind of uh, you know I don't know a somber way particularly yeah. um, was it dealt with in a very uh, ironic way but there was none of that <laughs> there was none of that either so, I remember thinking that a couple of times I, I, though I remember I remember thinking is this ironic are they because mm. they've left the cult yeah. because they've moved is this yeah. but then too often I thought no actually this is really what they are thinking that there's a the couple of times where I thought it was ironic it might have been an amazingly effective. Like sort of pastiche of that that maybe, culture or that cult I should that. say but yeah <laughs> but um you know I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it was or not and I, I was also I kind of I want to say troubled but I was also I did wonder that for a while and I, I don't know what you can do with that because um you know if were, if were you told this is all just a some kind of parody um you know would you be would you find it suddenly yeah. a whole lot more accessible I, I don't know yeah so it's, it's still it's still you'd have to be told that but you'd have to be told that i mean that's what i mean i know if it's I not know. of evidence exactly. you in listening to it then maybe that's still um not quite yeah. what you're looking for you know exactly so um let's move on uh do, we can go through any of the others now just kind of uh in any particular order we'll leave pigeon harvest i said to the end but um what uh did you think no why didn't you kick off about um bad bad not good yeah, um, when I when uh, <clears throat> we started this, my brother actually noted it. You know, he called me and he says, "Hey, I, heard, I saw you put my band on good on there." And I go, "Oh, do you know them?" And you know, he had seen them in concert and thought that they're really great live and stuff. So I was pretty excited about listening okay. to it. I I actually, you know, I like jazz quite a bit. I, I love jazz, but this is sort of a clash of um, of. Uh, expectations because i you know i was listening to the playlist and i don't expect jazz often to be in it or if you you know a mix of jazz and other things uh and it, and it was and i think it took me a bit to kind of adjust that but after i did i found it to be a lot a lot of fun to listen to especially i'll say as i uh uh was working out <laughs> oh, yeah. you know there's a kind of similarity to the rhythms and and the beats even though it is jazz um uh that i found it actually pretty enjoyable to listen to i don't know if i'd go back to it but it was it was let's just say a, a scale of one to five would be a three for me so not like a no kind of profound moving experience but quite right adjustable. right yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Fran, Pro- what do you think? Probably very good live. Probably very good live. So yeah. Know. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing these live. Um, this was the album I was most surprised by, mainly because if you'd have asked me a month ago what I thought of jazz, I would have told you that I hated it. Um, and now I think maybe <laughs> I don't hate it as much as I thought I did because I actually found myself getting really into this album. Um, unsurprisingly, probably 
compared to you know what some of the albums we talked about in the past when I struggle with instrumental albums a little bit. The, mm. My favorite songs on were often the ones with vocals. Um, I agree with that. But I found myself finding the song Lavender, one of the instrumental songs. Um, I got really into that. Um, mm. And I do think there's, I, I think it's a very, very strong album. I think it's, um, and I do think I will go back to it, but it also had my, probably my favorite song off this whole, uh, off the four, after five albums on this playlist um, in Time Moves Slow, mm. um, which I just thought was very, oh, right. absolutely beautiful. Um, it's, it reminded me a little bit of sort of Massive Attack. Um, it, and mm-hmm. the, the guy, I didn't realise until later that it's the guy out of a band called Future Island singing on it. I, it for me, it yep. felt like some kind of old school soul singer. Right. Um, and it turns out it's not. It's a singer from a band I don't like that much. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I found that, I thought that was a really beautiful song. Um, and yeah, I was really impressed with this album. It's, um, it's changed my mind about jazz a little bit. I might try it a bit more. Right. I kind of, uh, I suppose I sit a little bit between the two of you on it. I... I I'm not a big jazz fan at all, um, and I thought it was generally um, interesting, though, and engaging, but I think in a way, when you say three out of five, Nermal, that, that kind of speaks to my biggest problem with the album, which was it was quite adjustable a lot of the time, um, yeah. but but almost a little bit too smooth, you know, to, to be, I needed it to be slightly more jarring. Not not jarring, not not Anna Meredith jarring, but just something something a little bit more um, cutting than than so what you want something in, some in between cases. Anna Meredith jarring and then yeah. had not a good jarring. That's yeah. your that's your level of music. Yeah, there we go. Right. We found it. You worked it out. Thank you. I'm not um, sure what that means if no. I'm perfectly honest. But I, I did like. I will no. say I did like the variety of the genres in it, like the moves across it. So that lavender track that you referred to right before, though, there was um, the one with Colin Stetson, Confessions Part Two. And I thought those two together were a really interesting sort of directional change mm. across the album, um, you know, from from something from from sort of sunny to darker or to more slightly more sinister overtone or whatever. So um, I thought that kind of stuff, those kind of movements were interesting and, and really good. And I, I didn't, I, you know, it's not my my thing particularly, but I can see why it, it works for people. Um, I just guess I, I would have preferred something that was a little harder edged. What were you going to say, Nimmel? I feel like I cut you off earlier. Yeah. No, 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 that's fine. I, I am so drawn, this is, you know, this entire playlist made me reminded my, of how intensely I um, connect to music through their lyrics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when there aren't that many or very few or they don't mean as much as I, uh, as they, you know, as I'd like them to, they become less important to me emotionally. Mm. So. Yep. Absolutely. And that's probably because I'm not a musician <laughs> as well. That probably is part of it. Yeah. And I think I would normally agree with that. And I think when we've had um, instrumental albums before, that has been my, my issue. But I think actually the two, the two largely instrumental albums on, on this playlist, I connected to more than, than yeah. I have previously. Cause I just think, um, I think because they may be, cause they were broken up with a few songs that weren't instrumental and that meant that I wasn't, always waiting for lyrics if you know what I mean but um, mm. it was I'd say The Bad Bad Not Good I preferred to the Anna Meredith even though I did like them both um, yeah. because it was more it was less challenging um, mm. but yeah I thought they were both I thought it was, it was a good album yeah again that's I think that's fine it's, it, I, don't, I don't disagree with that I just think it's, it didn't wow me basically as it, it over, you know, overall I would say it kind of drifted past me quite mm. like smooth jazz you know 
Um, so, <laughs> so there's there's two Which left. It is not. It is definitely not. No, it's not. Yet. That's 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 unfair. I apologize for that statement. <laughs> but um, it's, so you should. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's two left. Uh, Fran, which do you want to talk about next? Uh, well, I will go with my favorite album off the playlist. Then in that case, which is uh, and Julia Jacqueline's "Don't Let the Kids Win." Um, okay. Which obviously I'm risking once again being known as the folk boy of picky bastards. <laughs> uh, but that kind of is true, so that's okay. Yeah. Um, I'd say it wasn't immediately, uh, it didn't immediately grab me. I was immediately enjoying it, but not kind of blown away. But the more I listened to it, it was, uh, I think you really have to get into the lyrics of this album um, to to get the most out of it. And I think she's a really quite brilliant lyricist and uh, kind of kind of a storyteller in a way. Um, there was a song, Same Airport, Different Man, which I thought oh, yeah. was a, a really clever way of just showing like the changes you go through as life as life goes on and passes you by and she talks about sort of you know losing her losing her first love to a one way flight and sitting down at the carousel looking old enough to make a wife <laughs> um which I just thought was yeah. really quite beautiful lyrics um and then there's a song called Hey Plane which uh, also had some great lyrics about um I wonder if my new man's missing me now and uh and that showed off her voice, really. She really got gets very powerful on that song. Um, she's got a really interesting sort of folky country voice that I guess Nick might hate, but we'll find out in a minute. Um, <laughs> um, Leave you in suspense. And yeah, but my favourite song on it would have been the title song, Don't Let, Don't Let the Kids Win. Um, I, love the, I love the whole idea of, you know, she talks about don't let the kids win, you don't, just let them fall, you don't want them growing up thinking two-year-olds are good at playing basketball. And it kind of, it's just really nostalgic in a way. It's the whole sort of your, your dad letting you win and you're thinking you're brilliant at chess when you're five and you don't yep. even know how to move the pieces around the board. And, and she goes, just throughout that song, there's loads of really quite clever, playful um, stanzas. And she's just, yeah, I just found her really interesting. I find her, her, her lyrics really, really interesting. There's this great line that I keep, that I always laugh at in the album where she says, you cost more than... Uh, I cost more than you earn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you that? that was great. I love that. Well, uh, I won't leave you in suspense. Um, and I'll say that it's quite staggering to me that we can go such a wide range of uh, difference and then similarity because I actually really agree about this one with Fran. Hey. We've actually got some agreement here down this end of the line, um, which is lucky because I thought he was going to punch me a few minutes ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought this was... And he actually nailed it in a couple of ways as well because I, I really thought it was a real grower of an album. Like, it really... I actually, and if, if, I, if I was to start with a criticism, I'd say it doesn't actually start with the best songs by quite a margin. Like It, it takes a while to get into its yeah. sort of flow. Um, and the fact you cited the best song as being, well, I think it looks like the last one, um, yeah. it, it sort of in, it fits with that. You know, there actually, were some really the last nice... three songs are my three favourite songs, so yeah. I'm going to go with you on that Yeah, one. yeah. So I feel like the album maybe could do with a, could have done with a bit of a resort, but I mean, ultimately, it, you know, it, it's a grower... It's um, she has a very nice, delicate voice, but it has a lot of control and is able to project when she needs to. Um, I thought um, Elizabeth is it called, and then yeah. Motherland. Those two yeah, together yeah, yeah. both worked really, yeah, really well. Um, so th- this was my um, yeah. I mean, uh, without giving up too much away right now, this is this is my strongest of the of the five. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, I I really yeah I really enjoyed it, and I will I will go back to it. I think yes. You just liked a folky country album. I feel like we yeah. should do some kind of dance to like uh, <laughs> mark this moment. Or maybe an exorcism or something. Yeah, I don't know. 
What's um, happened? So yeah, Nermal, the, Nermal do, you, do you now want to slate Fran? Because I, I haven't slated Fran in this, uh, this instance, so I'm, I'm a little bit concerned he's, he's going to get you know, cocky again. Uh, shockingly, uh, I absolutely am in agreement with both oh, of you. Uh, <laughs> How disappointing. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely my favorite of the five. And um, I I think the only thing I disagree with is that I thought the opening songs are, cool, are also great. You know, I love oh. Pool Party. And uh, Elizabeth is incredible with that, you know, her describing someone on stage as being, you know, so shaky and uh, just beautiful, beautiful. I, I was really taken by her. Uh, uh, re- almost reluctance to sing the words that she was singing. Uh, I thought she was like almost, you know, swallowing them and kind of mumbling them and uh, being kind of uh, coy about it. And yet, she's. I think that part is partially what makes it incredibly alluring. Um, the same airport, different man. I thought the melodies in that was uh, gorgeous, just yes. really song. gorgeous. Yeah. I agree yeah. with that. I love that song as well. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. My only criticism is that it sounded a little bit the same um, after you know four or five tracks. I think the, the lyrics really carry it, but again, the music it seemed uh, was you know it just kind of felt like the same. Song I mean, I think I, I can way. see that. Although, as we said, I think we, we Fran and I both said you could drop. I feel like you could drop some songs that are from early on in the album, uh, particularly the opening song, yeah. which I thought was was a pretty weak track relative to everything else on the album. It was it, also the way mm. the guitars followed the vocals all the way through just seemed like mm. a little bit um, tired. You know, and not and not that exciting. So yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, that's a that small I, criticism. I wouldn't drop. I wouldn't that's drop anything single. off it personally. Okay. Um, I wouldn't drop anything. I don't. I, I think I agree that it got stronger towards the end, but I think for me there was there was there wasn't anything weak on there. There was um, it was a, it just grew. It kind of got better as it went through. But I don't. I didn't have any uh, anything that I'd lose from it. Wow. I just want to say that I think I've got to point out this is the first time ever. I think that we've all had the same. Are we all, all saying this is our favorite album? on the list are you saying that now yeah Yeah. that's amazing this is weird well um you should pack our bags now and that's it we're all done yeah picky bastards i guess we all should go to green man all together then apparently get yourself over here she's on at four o'clock on sunday i'll see you there if you want yeah so we haven't no fish because she's australian right she's australian i think she's from new zealand i think australia as well australia maybe i've got it wrong yeah maybe i've got it wrong um, so yeah, we haven't talked about Timber Tomba then. So um, uh, uh, Nermal, you go for it. What do you think? All right, yeah, I uh, yeah, kind of mixed on this one. I uh, I like the opening track, uh, the, the gloves and spit, and I like Western Questions. I I thought um, I'm typically I'm not you know I'm typically drawn to this. Uh, uh, disaffected low-voiced male uh, singer <laughs> you know that's kind of my thing I, I like that uh, hmm. but uh, I think I got a little tired of it um, in this one uh, and uh, didn't stop to 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 connect um, after a while but uh, you know I'll say that it's one that I want to keep going back to for some reason that I can't quite pinpoint the song grifting made me really angry. <laughs> uh, 
just like he's like grifting, 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 grifting. I was just like, shut up. You know, I really got angry. Are we talking really about Meredith or, or, oh no, Timber Tomer, my mistake. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah Timber Tomer. And so, uh, but, but, uh, but in general, I would say it's something that I'll probably go back to in the future. Yeah. It's funny, uh, I'll, I'll jump in next and just say that um, just like um, you were saying, you had recommended, your brother recommended Bad, Bad, Not Good to you. Uh, my brother um, has been really into Timber Tomba for some years and uh, <laughs> was kind of a big fan, actually plays covers of their songs in, in his band. Um, and I, But I wasn't really familiar with him except for the one or two tracks I've heard him do. Um, this album was a little bit less impressive than I was hoping for and less impressive than the ones I've heard before. Um, it seemed um kind of cold in it but but not but sort of i don't mind cold in the sense i don't mind i don't mind sterile but it wasn't like it was trying to be sterile it just seemed to be a bit bit tired and a bit flat uh across the whole album now so i know it's a very general remark but um it did it, nothing really thrilled me about it all the way through um so i was i wouldn't say i was i was blown away to be honest come on both of you i mean what is wrong with you both <laughs> i mean <laughs> This was affected. This was after <laughs> Julia Jacklin. This was the the next best of the albums for me. It was uh, it was the most immediate of them as well. The second I heard Velvet Gloves and Spit, I knew I liked this album. Um, I love that song. Um, yeah. And I found his voice personally. I, I mean, he reminded me. You're going to love this now. I thought you'd just been saying, but there was a bit of sort of Nick Cave and Matt Berninger in there. You know, it was um, right. there was something yeah, no, really, I agree. really interesting I agree. in his voice and. I like the timbre of his voice. voice. I think I think it was actually, to be fair, I think it was it wasn't his voice that was a problem. It was the synthesizers that were used all over the album versus his voice. It just didn't. There was a bit oh. of a disconnect to me. It didn't. It didn't seem. You've just got problems lush enough. This so month. yeah, I have actually. Yeah, okay, I, mean, so- I, I can honestly say this. This overall, this 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 was was not the strongest we've done. I'll put it that way. So whereas for me, it was one of the strongest. We'll get to it. Oh, is it? Yeah, for me, it was one of the strongest. I remember okay. for, it was one of the ones where, even though Lifter Experience was a struggle for me, there was nothing on there that I disliked at all right. on the whole playlist which usually there's at least one and uh and there's definitely two maybe three albums and i, I won't say anything about the playlist just yet the PJ, pj harvey but there's at least two maybe three albums on this that i will continue to listen to on a regular basis and t- right. timber tom is definitely one of them and right i just yeah i, and I, I would f- probably go back again to a previous album because i think the bits i'd heard of that i would i wouldn't dismiss them on the basis yeah. of this album but this album in itself was was yeah not not perfect so the synth, uh, Nick, I, I wasn't that either um, Terminator or uh, Blade Runner <laughs> or you know, <laughs> it, it, or even you know uh, Drive, uh, the one yeah. awesome movie. There, there was this really ominous uh, utopia, uh, dystopian LA kind of synthesizer music going on that's super connected to film of all the albums this one and, and all the albums that i've listened to in a while this one really seemed uh, uh appropriate for a soundtrack okay yeah i thought it was a really dystopian album as well that's actually something i've written down and really quite oppressive yeah. but in, for me in an enjoyable way and i think that was most evident on uh, the, the title track which is sincerely future pollution which is just really right. sort of really dark and moody and for me i just yeah just really interesting and um but yeah, and I just felt they got a real swagger about them as well. And I'm definitely going to go back and listen to some of their their old albums. But I thought this album, it, what, the soundtrack thing, makes sense to me. It, it did feel really sort of um, mm. a, a bit dystopic. Is that a word? Dystopic? Dystopian? Yeah. 
yeah. then with the uh, with the front cover of the album as well, I think that sort of lends itself to that. Um, mm. And I think the title as well, "Sincerely Future Pollution." I think yeah. there was an in, there was probably an intention for that kind of feel to the album. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I to me it wasn't I was wasn't like the Anna Meredith that I really actively disliked it, but this was more a question of I, I wanted more from it than I got. Maybe I had higher expectations than that could be fulfilled. By by you know, um, uh, you should uh, remember to be always be disappointed. Music flawless, you know. Yeah. So maybe you listen to your brother too much. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I feel <laughs> yeah. like I feel like I will say though, um, there was one uh, the one track moment I I did really like that that actually yeah, stayed with me song. through, and I went through that a few times more than the other albums, other songs on the album. Uh, and I thought you know yeah, so it what you know this definitely wasn't. I'm not I'm not completely slating. I'm just saying I. Yeah, it didn't deliver everything I'd hoped for. No one said anything about the lyrics yet. What did, I mean, I thought the lyrics were incredible as well. I thought um, really quite obscure, but really interesting. Um, I've got a, I've got another stanza here, which I'll read out. It's from yeah. Velvet Gloves and Spit. Um, the haunted hotel room, the two-bit man-child. I could not simply fall asleep next to you every night. Our castle in the sand, built too high too soon. And under waving palms and, wa- waving, waving palms and waving sails and waves goodbye. I thought that was quite beautiful. It is nice, yeah. It is nice, yeah. Um, so, you two are both wrong. But it's not. But it, I, again, I'm not. I'm not saying it's either the vocal or <laughs> the lyric that's the problem. Good. It's the it's the cold sort of tones that are un, that were set underneath them that are the problem for me. In this, I'm album. quite thrown by it though, in a way, because I think it's it's very similar to a lot of stuff that you you listen to in that way. That it's quite it's got that yeah style to it. We'd have to get into specifics. Well, I think, you know, the, the idea of being cold and quite distant and stuff like that, I think that's... And it's head. Yeah, but again, okay. I, it's about intent, I feel like. It, there's a disconnect for me between the lyrics and, 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 the, and the vocal lines and his kind of... I do think there is a Nick Cave element in that. I think mm. you're right. There's a kind of, you know, that sort of bass baritone sort of boom in his voice. But then underneath it, these, these kind of sort of flat synths, I, I, it didn't work for me as well as, as I'd hoped. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not... I think you're... Because you love it, I think you're thinking I'm absolutely hate it, and I don't. I'm, I'm just saying I, I don't think it was fair flawless. Enough. Fair enough. I'll give you that. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not going to make you through this recording without. You'll hear just one thud. <laughs> you'll hear one thud of, of his punch <laughs> impacting on my skull, and then the second thud of my head hitting the table. That'll think, be the two it's parts. Funny, of this. I, think, yeah. I think it really does go back to the what I was saying earlier about not being able to. This being one of the playlists where I've not really been able to predict your two's reactions for the first mm. time, mm. because actually. The little tiny predictions I did make in my head told me that Nick, the album she would like on this the most would be Anna Meredith and Timber Tomba. Right. Not going to say that the case. The album yeah. that I was almost guaranteed you would not like was Julia Jacqueline. <laughs> right. So obviously I just, right. I'm not as good at guessing as I thought. Full of surprises, full of surprises. So, so uh, okay, so should we move on and I'll talk about PJ Harvey a little bit first of all uh, and then Let's we'll see uh, what you both thought about it. So, um this isn't really meant to be, just for those who are new to this, this isn't really uh, a review in, in the normal sense in that everybody knows I love Pedro Harvey and I'm, that's what I'm going to be talking about. So uh, we can sort of uh, make whatever comments you like at the end. But I'll do a little little spiel to start with. Um, obviously, I thought about it and there's no real need to do uh, a bio of Pedro Harvey. I mean, this is you know an absolute giant of the songwriting world for the last 20 years. It seems a little bit futile to me to say, Pedro Harvey was born in... You know, this is kind of crazy. So... Instead, I thought, um, and there's also a lot of material to cover. That was one thing I was concerned about. There's this, you know, I think it's 11, 11, 12 albums, if you count some, some collaborations she's done. Um, so I thought instead what I'd talk about was just a few of the characteristics of her music across the playlist that I put together um, that I think maybe uh, sum up what some of the best attributes she has as a songwriter. Uh, and I'll mention that the playlist, if anyone sees it um, on Spotify, 
uh, is organized in order uh, of production. So I'm hoping that that indicates a few of the trends in development and stuff of her songwriting. So anyway, so there, there are basically, I ended up with, with sort of five things that I think really sum up what, why Peter Harvey is, is so uh, absolutely colossal a musical force for me. Um, the first one, and some of them, are they're not in any order of, of priority themselves. The first one is... Um, that she has an amazing amount of space in, in the signal. She, she really writes songs, manages to write songs and, and record songs with a huge canvas and like, you know, with a huge amount of space that doesn't feel like it's, it's all, not all that this isn't always the case, but in many cases, doesn't feel like it's full um, and kind of overwhelmed with sound, but that she's placing little pieces of music, little elements of melody and, and harmony and stuff onto the tracks and uh, they all sit really well together and, and it creates a very controlled sense across a lot of the songs. And again, this is not, not true of everyone, but I feel a lot of them. And I think increasingly as you get into the, the later stuff, this is, this is the case. Um, so there's a lot of songs where she refuses in this way to like explode the song, you know, to, like, to let it get to its fruition. Of, there's a lot of tension builds in, in, with this kind of control, but then she never lets it, she never releases it. So it doesn't kind of explode into a kind of huge sound. It does occasionally, but there's some way it's, I think a good example was um, Teclo um, is off uh, To Bring You My Love is, is a really good example of a song that just seems tense and never really lets go of that tension, you know, and I thought that that's, that's something you can do if you have enough space and enough control over what you're doing enough will to hold on to that control and not just sort of get into you know overexcited and kind of blow it up so so uh, another thing she does a lot of the time that's one thing another thing she does a lot of the time is drive the melodies of the songs off bass parts off or low frequency sounds like sub like synthesizers and stuff like that and sub bass and stuff and um that really is amazing in terms of the space thing, but also just generally because it allows a, a voice to always sound really clear and crisp through the recordings and have the melodies sit far below her voice. So she can sound, um, it can sound very intimate, even if the songs are loud, because a lot of the songs are actually driven off, off a lot of um, uh, sort of distortion, but the distortion is not near where she's singing from a frequency sort of point of view. So that's another thing that I think she does really, really well. Um, she's really the third thing is she's really really um, obsessed with tonal things uh, over just melody. So she she's has some incredible melodic structures, but she's very very she's obsessed I would say with getting the tonal elements of things right. So and that's all the way through to like on something like white chalk, the kind of piano she plays or um, the the kind of obscure other instrumentation she uses for some of the later albums. Uh, and then also the tones of the distortion in the, in the case of synths, she, you know, nothing is left to chance. She's, she's really in control of the whole thing and she runs it in a, in a very, um, she runs a sort of a tight ship about it. She just makes sure that she, you know, um, all those, all those tones are choices she's made. She doesn't just stumble into them or rush through them, you know? So a great example would be the synth tone on Down by the Water, um, which is the tone is actually, the melody is actually really, really simple in that song. Um, but um, that's that's really uh, a tonally driven song. It's actually about the mood that's created by the tone. The fourth one is the darkness. This is maybe the most obvious one, but you can't really ignore it, which is in both themes and in tone, she's really kind of obsessed with writing songs which imply, mostly imply, rather than just, just state, a lot of aggression or violence or loss or pain. Uh, and I did actually, um, there's, there's great examples in the lyrics. I did actually take a couple of quick examples. One is um, from In the Dark Places, which I think I put on this playlist from Let England Shake. Yeah, so the opening uh, sort of 
four lines are, we got up early, washed our faces, walked the fields, put up crosses, which I thought was a, a, a brilliant way of turning around uh, <laughs> a, 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 an originally kind of simple and small scale narrative into something with a lot of connotation, you know. Uh, and then there's also one at the end of the song, White Chalk, which uh, the actual song from the album, which I don't think I put on this playlist, which ends with um, white chalk, gore scattered land, scratch my palms, there's blood on my hands, um, which could just be the, the scratching or it could be something deep, deeply mm. metaphorical in that. I thought that worked really well as well. So that's, that's the couple of quick, there's many, many more examples like that. But the darkness is something that really is, is deep inside everything she does. Um, but the, the greatest thing overall, the greatest skill overall she has, the last of the five things I would say, um, is she reinvents herself like almost nobody else I, I know. And I, I'm sure there are, there are a few people out there who've done as much, but not many, um, who've gone from albums like things like Dry um, and Rid of Me, the first couple of albums, to White Chalk. I, I saw in an interview of a, on KCRW a few weeks ago, an old interview, where she said the hardest thing she was challenged with when she wrote White Chalk was not to sound like her. Uh, and that was what she really was fighting to do, you know, and, and, and I think that's something she's really particularly accelerated towards doing in the last three or four albums with White Chalk, Let England Shake and now this new one, the Hope Six Demolition Project. So she's she's um, that's really to her credit. I mean, she's she's in the new one. She's actually playing saxophone um, on the new one, which is, uh, as far as I know, a new instrument. So she's never used it in the past, as far as I know. Um, so it's it's just yeah, she's she's just got an incredible scope and range. And that's just one thing that's really to her credit, you know. So um, that's all I want to say about it, really. I've witted on enough, I think. I just wanted to, I suppose I'd just kick, off by, kick it off by saying which of these albums was, your, was the strongest, did you think, for you? And then you can talk about any aspect of it you, you want, really. But what, which of the, of, the, of the six or seven albums I included in this playlist was, was the strongest? What do you think, Fran? Okay, well, um, if I tell you that I ordered um, to bring you my love on vinyl uh, okay. this month, then that might nice. give you an indication. Nice. Um, I was going to start off my reaction to uh, to PJ Harvey by saying, "I think she's shit, Nick." Um, <laughs> He's after, so bitter about Anna Meredith. Oh my after god! The, uh, after the yeah. after the story, and the XX. Us, I don't and think the XX. I, yeah, it's the XX as well. He's still <laughs> holding the XS under his belt. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think that I could do that after the uh, <laughs> the introduction you just gave us to us. So I, I won't yeah, lie. Um, thank you. For me, it, yeah. To bring well, Teclo was my favorite song. Okay. On the playlist, and it was interesting hearing you talk about it. Then the way. Um, it builds but never quite breaks, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, and that yeah. was what I loved about it. And then my, two of my other favourite songs, I mean, there's quite a few I loved on here, but were Meet, Meet the Monster and Down by the Water, which happened to all be on the same album. So yeah. I ordered it. Um, I've been listening to it quite quite a lot. Um, weirdly enough, when you came round to my house to pick me up last week, it was on my wall in one of the picture frames on my wall. And oh, I was yeah. thinking... Shit, I hope Nick doesn't know, doesn't see this because he's going to know what I think about people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you got to keep going to raps. Um, I found it interesting that for me, I think I'd, I'd previously gotten PJ Harvey a little bit wrong. Um, I always liked, always thought I liked her, but Let, Let England Shake was the album I kind of knew the best um, before. Well, the only one I knew really well. And because um, it's got a bit of a folky element to it, I kind of saw her more in that in that genre in a way. But she's actually, this, this playlist just showed me that she's just, She's a bit of a rocker, really, isn't she? And she's she's quite yeah, heavy sometimes. Or, and, or certainly both. I mean, that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Really. But I think um, what probably what appealed to me most, and I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of this playlist. But what appealed to me most was was the sort of more driving, mm. driving stuff. Even though I picked a few songs that I loved, and uh, there was "Rid of Me," mm. "Horses in My Dreams," "Dear Darkness," "In the Dark Places," 
And yeah, you've got some of the quiet ones as well. I mean, Horse in My Dreams yeah. is an incredibly Horses beautiful, Jesus, yeah. slow burner. You know, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of those tracks that you know, she does well. She does very well. But yeah, I mean, my last, uh, I made some bullet points on my notes, and my last bullet point just said I would probably now officially call myself a BJ Harvey fan. So okay. Well done, Nick. You've, uh, Victory is mine. You've, uh, yeah. Nice. Me. Nice. Yeah. No more. Really, really impressed, and uh, I thought it was a really well together put together playlist as well, actually, because it did show. Great. The sort of evolution. Well, then everyone listening should go and check out the playlist on Spotify, which yeah. is which Vicky is Bastard's yeah, it's very good. All right, now what do you think? Yeah, you should you should you should make this playlist uh, almost like a separate thing because I actually it is have really done great. I, I have oh, I have, have got you? one okay, up there great. already, yeah, separately because I knew we were going we to pull it down eventually. So when I first put it together, I put it that way. So yeah, it's in there under PJ Harvey. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's name. such a good playlist, and and I, you know, I'm, I'm forever indebted to to Nick to for having introduced me to PJ Harvey because this is, um, you know, she is incredible for all the reasons that you uh, described so well. Uh, I wanted to talk about Electric Light as that song uh, that really exemplifies what you were talking about in terms of having a. Uh, a little bit of paint or music on the huge canvas. Uh, it's so profound. I remember listening to it for the first time, and I was really just transported to a room with, with one glowing, penetrating light above this woman. Mm. Um, and how um, you just she's a fascinating person. I mean, it just transports you to different places. I mean, I think that's the thing that strikes me most about PGRV is how rooted she is in place and uh the environment <clears throat> and uh i uh every every album that i've every song that i hear i i kind of think of it in very specific areas and and mm. and then the other thing that really strikes me all throughout her um all her songs is the uh conflicted relationship to faith and god and stuff and and it was it's always kind of fascinating to me which is why i kind of was interested in uh comparing it to the lift to experience mm. where um i think uh, now that now that you you did your intro i kind of i'm thinking about it in terms of i guess the lift to experience was uh, letting it not having the restraint in a way like letting it all go oh, yeah. you know like that, letting it all out and being very explicit and very straightforward and yeah. very clear about everything yeah, yeah. whereas they're super like you know the PGR is super restrained and uh and her you know she talks about the garden you know the song garden yep. um it's just so so nice it could be could be anything but it could also be you know the garden of eden it could also be um uh, uh, her backyard, you know, it's yeah. really great. Yeah. It's really great for all those reasons. I mean, I think you're, I think you're right, but I, I would just say that um, the lift to experience, which obviously is not the same caliber of stuff for me. Um, I, I don't, you know, I think to be fair that it's probably shooting for a very lush type sound, which would be more comparable to like an elbow or something. Which, in other words, my point yeah. being, yeah. there are things I can I can really respect and love in music as well. You know, potentially to this level almost, um, which aren't restrained in this way but i just think it is a particularly powerful skill to be able to hold yourself back from doing more because when the first time i mean if as somebody plays guitar you know when you're a teenager and you get you get electric guitar and turn on the amplifier you just and you strum once what's really thrilling is the sense of power you have you know the sense that you can just blast something mm. you know so actually to to be a rock musician and i'm not even talking about in the late stuff like the white chalk stuff which is obviously already a restrained instrument of just being an upright piano and stuff but 
the early stuff, she's being restrained in teclo with a, with an electric guitar, which is like mm. on, with massive amount of distortion. Yeah. On it. I mean, that that's that's what I mean. That that's a, a very almost irresistible force to make that blasting sound. You know, so um, anyway, it's that yeah. So I I, I totally agree. But I, I think lifter experience is uh, is a different kind of exercise. But but yeah, it definitely doesn't try and do. Uh, doesn't do restraint well. <laughs> I think it's the restraint. The other thing, if I'm getting normal, what normal was saying right, is that it's the restraint in um, in talking about things like faith as well. Because when I was oh, listening yeah. to Lift the Experience, I was kind yeah. of, um, I was thinking, you know, could I possibly enjoy music that's so that's about religion mm. in a way because I'm not religious. But also, you think about, you know, PJ Harvey does talk about faith and and she does it, but she does it in a subtle way, in a way that isn't just so explicit as lifted experience and there is a lot of music like that but I think yeah in, in general I think the subtlety and sort of hold, holding back is definitely a trademark of PJ Harvey from what I've seen from this playlist and she just yeah. and also not being able to fully definitely say what anything's about yes a lot of the time yeah yeah um, it's hardly any track I, I could actually say I know what's happening here yeah I no. think that's right I mean I think yeah. In the Dark Places is one song where I, I, I fully get the meaning and yeah and I know what she's she's getting at with, yeah, you know, it talks about guns and yeah. Well, the, the last two albums have been much more overtly political and yeah. uh, has made bigger statements. And I, I have to be honest and say the newest one uh, didn't impress me as much as anything else she's done because I think it might have been even by for her level of skill a bit of an overreach to try and summarize so much about poverty and uh, and the Western world and you know the West and the East meeting and all these kind of things. It's, it's this huge, huge topic she's trying to take on, and that that was a, a little bit of a concern. I don't hate this album, but I just think it's not quite as strong. But certainly these last two albums have been very, very political albums. Mm. And she's taken on a new direction again, which which is to her credit. I mean, you know, yeah, she's, she's more than 10 albums in and she's still trying to do something mm. conceptually and musically so new. I mean, that that's um, that's remarkable. There's okay. a... Uh, oh. <clears throat> not Something not... That drives, drives me crazy every time I hear it is uh, a song off of Stories in the City, from the City... Uh, where um, she's on um, what the rooftop in Brooklyn, yeah, uh, and it ends with saying, you know, you said something; it was very important, yeah, and she never says what that is. That's what it is. Really, yeah. really annoying. Yeah, <laughs> but how typical is it of her to do that? It yeah. is. It is, <laughs> and it's amazing that we can be crediting her lyrical abilities. When actually, as as Fran rightly points out, almost all the songs are elliptical to the point where you just don't know actually what she, what the topic of the song is. Even yeah. you know, I mean, that's kind of incredible. Like how much um, I love the song Teclo without having a clue what she's going yes, on about is absolutely kind of ridiculous. And you can make some kind of you can draw some kind of suspicious kind of like down by the water, say, or uh, electric light, or meet the monster, but you're still just speculating in the end. I mean, she, yeah. she's going to go where she wants to go with it. And, and you just have to, but the resonances of all those phrases is what's, is one of the things that's amazing. It just, mm-hmm. it just, it just lifts the songs and you, you can listen to, um, you know, the, the when under ether song, for example, off white short, which she talks about the, uh, how kind people are as she, as she's kind of drifting off in this haze of yeah. whatever this haze may be. That's, um, that's an amazing concept, even if you don't know actually what the context is you know so yeah it's great it's the refrain in down by the water which really sticks with me as well and i don't even know why but the big fish little fish swimming yeah. in the water come back yeah. here and bring my daughter bring me my daughter yeah, yeah. yeah just people actually go me. the concerts take uh, fish on sticks really? and actually wave them around wow. i mean she sings that song that's kind of her most famous song in a way uh, which she always finds hilarious as far as i can tell from well, a few times i've seen her uh yeah no it's a very very sinister tone but not actually clear what we're talking yeah. about yeah so Brilliant. 
So um, let's talk then. That's that's one, all of those. One last, one, one oh, last go thought. Ahead. Go ahead, actually, go ahead. I was wondering: Have either of you guys uh, seen her performance on David Letterman when she did uh, "Rid of Me"? Uh, when she did, yeah, "Rid of Me" on David Letterman? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, well, look I'll it up look it on up. YouTube because it is uh, phenomenal. Not only for the performance, but also the interview. Okay. Where uh, he he asks her about her time, like growing up on a farm. Yeah. And she says, "Yeah." And she's kind of this really meek, you know, high-pitched voice. And yeah. she said... Uh, it's always amazing to me how meek she sounds. You're right, when she's in interviews compared to how she actually behaves on stage. <laughs> Incredible. And she, she talks about, um, you know, uh, you know, neutering uh, uh, bulls by right. tying rope around their balls and waiting for them to fall off. You know, oh it's goodness. really... Amazing! It's just amazing, and the way she describes it right. leaves David Letterman kind of gassed. Like, <laughs> what? Wow! Yeah, nice. I'll look it up. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we we are um, running out of time. So let's uh, jump to what we're going to do next time. So it won't be a theme one. In a couple of cycles, I think we're going to go back to doing something to do with the festival again. But for this one coming up, we'll just do a kind of normal list where we'll we'll pick our albums. So um, I'm going to go, I'll go first. I'm going to pick uh, Sylvan Esso's What Now uh, and Perfume Genius No Shape. Uh, Fran? I'll be picking the classic album and the, uh, the what, Why I Love a Certain Artist next time. And the classic will be uh, Mad Villainy by Mad Villain, which is a hip-hop album from 2004. And I'll be telling you why I love The National. Nice. I've got um, Sandy Alex G., uh, Rocket and Thundercats drunk. Okay, and as usual, uh, with the exception of the uh, the Why I Love playlist, uh, we don't actually know these albums when we pick them. We just heard about them, so they're all kind of new to all of us. So we'll, we'll share in that in a month. Okay, uh, thanks very much. Uh, I will uh, see you, see you next, time. next time. All right, bye. Yeah.